grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. When you think of a lamb, what is it that first comes to your mind? Do you think of a petting zoo of the cute, adorable little lambs that kids love to go visit? Many times they love going to petting zoos because the animals are much closer to their size so they can actually be with the animal. And also how fun it is to pet the ever soft and fluffy wool that a lamb often has. Maybe you thought of something the exact opposite of a lamb. You imagine yourself celebrating a special occasion and you go out to a nice restaurant. And as you open up the menu and look under all the different choices of meat, what do you find? Delicious, sumptuous lamb. Did any of you think of a sacrifice when you thought of lamb? For many of the Old Testament believers, that would have been among the first things they thought of when they saw a lamb. Because for the past 1,500 years since Moses received the law from God on Mount Sinai, lambs have been a very common animal to be offered up to him in one form or another. And when Jesus went walking by John the Baptist, no one would have thought him to be like a sacrificial lamb or the lamb of God. And that's who John points him out to be. To be the Lamb of God who comes to us in ways that are unexpected and unknown had it not been spelled out for us. And that's how we see Jesus appear to us today. As the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world and then with this gift of forgiveness to give us what we most need to look for. When John the Baptist pointed to Jesus as that Lamb of God, there was no doubt in his heart about it. Last week we heard when Jesus was baptized and saw the Spirit descend on Jesus in the form of a dove. That descending of the Spirit, that was one of the identifying marks that God gave to John the Baptist to clearly mark out who alone was the Lamb of God. Even though Jesus was six months younger than John the Baptist. Jesus existed before John because he's the son of God. In fact, he was around before there was even a beginning as an active participant in the creation of the world. It's because of this that Jesus clearly outranks John and any other person, not simply for who he is as God himself, but also for what he would do as the Lamb of God. And that's how John pointed the people to Jesus, the lamb who would take away the sin of the world. To fully understand and appreciate that lamb of God title, it would do us well to review just how lambs were often used in the Old Testament sacrificial system, because they were used quite a lot in that way. There's the annual Passover lamb that each household had in their own home. They're the lambs that were offered up twice a day, once for the morning sacrifice and another for the evening sacrifice every day of the year. And then there were all those other lambs offered up for the special sacrifices, the one-time sacrifices, the various other ones. Yet all those sacrificed lambs, they would all be found in the one sacrifice of the Lamb of God, 
in Jesus when he gave his life on that cross. For he did what all those countless lands for 1,500 years had failed to do, that is to take away the sin of the world. Or as our second reading from Colossians chapter 2 talks about it, how God erased the record of our debt brought against us by his legal demands. This record stood against us, but he took it away by nailing it to the cross. Because of the Lamb of God, sin is no more. It has been erased entirely by the blood he shed for you and for me. Is that so, though? Could the Lamb of God sacrifice truly do all that? There are some who simply find it simply incomprehensible to think that one sacrifice could do this for all of the sins of the world. What made his so much better than all those countless lambs sacrificed for 1,500 years? Why, to think that he alone could do this, the Lamb of God, that's like one of those as-seen-on-TV products that just sound way too good to be true. Perhaps you've seen or heard something like this. For just $29.99, you can buy this frying pan, and with its invincible Teflon, its perfect size-to-food ratio, and with its even heating, well, you'll never burn an egg again. And it's yours for just enter a mount here. We know those things don't, don't perform as advertised. And to hear the one sacrifice for the sins of the whole world, uh, yeah, right, not even if it's the Lamb of God. Maybe you think it's ludicrous that the Lamb of God's sacrifice could take away your own sins, even your horrendous ones. Our legal system rightly distinguishes between misdemeanors and felonies and selectively uh, offers or assigns uh, bail and parole. That's because some crimes and criminals are simply worse than others. And some are so bad, in fact, that they get what is the worst possible sentence with no chance of parole. You know your sins better than anybody else. You know how horrendous your secret and shameful ones are. That even if you haven't committed a felony, oh, if that came to light, that would just destroy you. Can the Lamb of God really take away that sin? He can. And he does. In fact, he can, and indeed he has done what he said to take away the sin of the world. And it wasn't just some sins uh, to a certain amount or just the ones that we don't mind mentioning to others, but as the Lamb of God, he did what he came to do. Like that sacrificial lamb, he took upon himself our own sins so he could be our substitute for our many and our horrendous sins. And he wasn't a substitute in name only. Oh no, he became sin itself. After all, why did the Father abandon his Son on that cross? Because he became everything that the Father cannot stand for. Having taken our sins upon himself, the Lamb of God then pays the price as a sacrificial lamb would. You see, death is the required price for sin. And that's what Jesus gave when he breathed his last on the cross. And if you wonder how this one death can count for all sins, even your many and your horrendous ones, 
Remember who Jesus is. He outranks every other human, even John the Baptist, because he is God himself. And if God's paying the price, you can believe that it will be more than enough, even for your sins. Because that's what Jesus did. He did more than countless lambs over 1,500 years could do. He took away the sin of the world. How correct Colossians chapter 2 is when it says how God erased the record of our debt brought against us by his legal demands. The record stood against us, but he took it away, nailing it to the cross. So rejoice. Rejoice in what is yours because the Lamb of God and he came to take your sins away, and he surely does, and he has done just that for you. And it's with this gift of forgiveness, he also comes so he can give what we most need to look for. John the Baptist had two disciples who were looking for the Messiah, that is the Christ. Those two titles referring to the same position of the anointed one, promised from long ago to save God's people from their sins. And that's exactly what Jesus would do as the Lamb of God, to be the Christ slash the Messiah. When John the Baptist pointed out that this here was the Lamb of God who was walking right by them, those two disciples, they stopped following John. And they followed after Jesus. When Jesus saw them following, he turned around and he asked them, what are you looking for? They replied, asking Jesus where he was going to be spending the day because they wanted to remain with him. They were looking for the Lamb of God and to see if he was the one they had been waiting for to give what they needed most of all, that forgiveness. Flip that question around. Suppose Jesus were to see you following him, and he asked you, what are you looking for? How would you answer that? What is it that you look for in Jesus? Is it the good friend who's there when things go south? Is it the teacher so that you can become the best version of yourself? Is it the officer who's keeping watch of everything to deliver justice as needed? Is it the Lamb of God who gives you the forgiveness of your sins? There are many things we look to from Jesus. But there's one that's the most necessary of all. Him is the Lamb of God. Yet how often do we do that? Do we even do that? Not as much, or at least not as consistently as we know we should. In many ways, we're blessed to see Jesus appear to us in all these different ways. How he is our friend who's there in the highs and the lows of life. He is our teacher who guides our thankful lives and serves to God and our neighbor. He's the one who's, who delivers impartial justice, but also is quick with his loving mercy upon us. But he's most of all that Lamb of God who gives you that gift of forgiveness. Sin is a terminal condition that we cannot fix, and until Jesus cures it, all those other things that we can look for from Jesus, they ultimately don't matter. But we know that he can give that to us, and indeed he does, through that faith in him. 
this is what those two disciples discovered when they spent the day with Jesus. That they finally have found the one they were looking for, the Messiah, the Christ, the Lamb of God himself, and who gave what they needed to look for first and foremost above all, that forgiveness of sins. And they couldn't wait to tell others of the one they found. Andrew, in particular, went to those who were near and dear to him, to his brother and later fellow apostle, Simon Peter. And you could maybe make the case that if Andrew had not told Peter about the Lamb of God, that Peter would not have known who it was, or at least that he was so close right there next to them. Once Andrew shared the good news that here was the Lamb of God, well, then that's when things changed. In the gospel, it took hold of Peter's heart, and he rejoiced to receive what the Lamb came to give to him. You and I know who the Lamb of God is. It's, it's Jesus, who died on the cross to take our sins away. With that death, he did more than what countless lambs over 1,500 years ever could as he took away the sin of the world, even our many and our horrendous sins. And he also comes so he can give this gift of forgiveness to us who need to look for it more above everything else of how we are right with God. And you know what? He's also entrusted this message to you and to me to share with others who the Lamb truly is. After all, if we don't tell people where to look, how will they know the one who gives them this very gift that they need so much? And so we can share that blessed news. And you can do so starting off in the same way that Andrew did, with those who are near and dear to you. Think of your brother or your sister your aunt or your uncle, your, your childhood friend or kindred spirit, do they know Jesus like you? Do they look to the Lamb of God for his forgiveness? If the answer is no, then you know who to talk to, who to pray for, who to invite with you to worship or to our sister church that's closest to them. And if you find it difficult to do these things because you're simply too shy to talk about Jesus or you've been chased off by these loved ones because you've done it before, don't give up. Because what the Lamb came to give is so unnecessary that it can't just be sloughed off. It's so wonderful that it has no comparison from anything here in this world. And it's our joy to share as we tell others of the one who came, Jesus, the Lamb of God, who came to take away the sin of the world and to give what we need to look for. Amen.